0: Thank you for having me,
1: Joe. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnansky, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are so welcome. This is this is so exciting because I only saw you like two days ago or whatever. So it's it's, right. it's not really uh that exciting.
2: Um but it was the first time we, we haven't seen each other, obviously, since the pandemic started. But also just in general, I think, what is the total number of times we've been in the same place at the same time in our lives in the a, in a, in a 71 years we've been doing this?
1: In the 71 years we've been doing this. But, of course, we've only done this podcast live once. Well, twice, I guess, at Wrigley Field. Right. Um, and But actually being in the same place at the same time maybe. It's like south of ten, right? I mean, it's. it's I would say it's
2: eight times, eight. maybe nine times. Right. We've been in the. We've actually been together. Usually, yes. when you came to LA to do something somewhere, right? Uh, we've done that. R-
1: right. We have uh, met in a couple of places. We have met, uh, after spring training that one time, and we met at Wrigley. And um, yeah, that might be just about it. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's wild. It's it is a. It's like a
2: seriously what is it a 10 year long pause podcast run that we've been on how long yeah. is it
1: do you remember uh it is 10 years it is 10 years it started in in 2011 uh, that's so, the official starting point fewer fewer than one time per year we've
2: actually <laughs> we've actually been in the same place
1: which is perfect which is which is perfect uh perfect i mean it totally fits what this podcast is all about which is nothing so that that's, that's right it's a great setup, but we did see each other this week, which was great to see you um, because we were both at the field of dreams game in yes. Myersville, Iowa. Oh my gosh. So this will be a podcast about the field of dreams.
0: Hey, is this heaven?
1: No. It's Iowa. We'll get some other stuff in. We'll get to your questions in a little bit. we got to talk about, that nutty no-hitter last night. So we're, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh did you have you seen like how how up to date are you on the Tyler Gilbert no-hitter that he threw against the Padres yesterday? I know that it happened. I
2: know it was his first start though not his first game cuz he's right. been a reliever. Right. And I know that it was against the Padres which there's a whole separate podcast to do about what the hell is going on with Oh my gosh. The what is going on with those guys? <laughs> but- what is going on? Those and, and I saw your tweet that it was a, I think you refer to it as a roller coaster, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't actually investigated it at all. So tell me what <clears throat> happened. Tell me the deal yes. with the no-hitter.
1: Essentially, I mean, I, and I, you know, I watched all 27 outs uh, today. Uh, I saw, you know, some of the highlights last night and then I, I watched all 27 outs today twice. Uh, and from what I can tell, the Padres should have had nine hits. I I, I think it was really? like yo, they they absolutely crushed the ball, just absolutely like line drives up the middle that that he snared, yeah. and and a vicious line down drive down the line, and a long fly ball that just about got out of the park, and and all sorts of like really hard hit grounders up the middle that would have been hits, you know, any year before like 2015. Um, I mean, it was crazy i mean they they really really hit him hard uh i mean not it it was a good pitching performance matter what it's not like they would have punched up a bunch of runs but um but that was one of the nuttier no hitters i've seen as based on based on the number of of hard hit balls in the game and it wasn't like i mean there were some really dazzling defensive plays i mean there was a diving Uh, catch by the third baseman there was the one that he snagged up the middle on a a line drive up the middle um there was the long fly ball it it wasn't it wasn't going to go out but but it did take uh take him back to the wall um but it was he got hit pretty hard but it was they were it was it was talk about like the most charmed uh performance and you know he he walked three guys like that was that was what prevented him from having the perfect game all three were Tommy Pham, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which, which is delightful. Legends,
1: which so, is delightful. Yeah. So
2: in the in the annals of weird no hitters, which is a great category. Yes. You have you have your Joe Cowley right. hitters. You have the ones where the where he walked seven guys or whatever. Right. right. You have your like you have your Nolan Ryan. And is way too old to be throwing a no hitter, no hitters. Right. you have things like that. right And then you have ones like this, I guess, which are just the random vicissitudes of baseball where there are six to ten balls off the bat that have a probably a base hit expectancy of like 0. 0.98 <laughs> or whatever that just end up in someone's glove. and like the, that's part of uh, this is like this is where everybody, who loves baseball becomes Tim Kirchgen. Yes. And you say, this is a thing that you, you're you going to see something you've never seen before. This is like, no one has ever seen this before. You've never seen a a, a team, a talented hitting team like the Padres get no hit when they just rake the ball off a, off a random dude. And just every single one of those balls ends up in a glove. It's like, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, that guy now, and the great thing is, of course, that guy forever says, I threw a no hitter in the major leagues. Like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. just wonderful. It's great. I love
1: it. It's it's such a wonderful it's I mean everything about it is wonderful. I mean this is a guy that's you know been in the minors forever and was never a prospect and and uh, I mean he's 27 years old, you know, finally getting a shot up in the big leagues. Um and and his dad was in the crowd and he was acting I exactly saw that. Yeah, yeah exactly as we would act if our kid threw a no-hitter. I mean it was just just utterly just enjoying and and thriving in every single second of it i mean it was joyous and wonderful i i it was one of my favorite moments of the baseball season uh but it was it was like you know remember the uh, you've read uh the uh what is it called the universal baseball the the the, the book about the the guy the cooper book the yeah, universal yeah, yeah. baseball association right. yeah and and you know what what i think that book does such a great job of is sort of talking about you know this this guy had created this this baseball game that was that was you know in his mind of course so unbelievably true to life. but that's sort of the deal. like like baseball is, is is played by incredibly skilled players, but there is this weird thing of timing and luck and 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 just the fate you know being with you that you can have a day where I mean you play that game, Ten times, and and maybe in seven of them he doesn't get out of the third inning. I mean, it just it just happened right. to be the day where everything worked out perfectly for him. He he led off the game, I believe, by walking fam the first of three times, and then immediately got a double uh, play. And then later, the second time he walked fam, he gave up that a vicious line drive down, down the up. first base line that turned into a double play. I mean, it was just it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect.
2: Wow. Yeah. That. So. that- if, if no one, if you're listening to this and you haven't read that book, by the way, it's a great book. If you love baseball, it's about this guy who, he invents this kind of like stratomatic type game and, uh, invents whole teams. And I don't want to give anything away, but he has this player, this pitcher in who is like his best player. And he loves this guy as if he's real. And he just deeply emotionally invests in this one player. And again, I don't want to give it away, but it's a really great book. and. uh
1: it's really uh, I
2: great. Re- I hardly recommend it. It's, it's really it's, a, it's an under, when we, when we talk about great baseball books, that that one is often forgotten and it shouldn't be, it's really well, wonderful. I
1: think it, I really, in fact, somebody in the, in the questions, it will not be one we'll, we'll last because we'll probably save it for another time. But one of the people asking the questions, what are the, what are the five best um, baseball novels, baseball, you know, fictional baseball, baseball. books Ooh. and, uh, and which, you know, I think we need more time to think about, but I think, that might be my favorite.
2: Yeah, ever. me too. Universal,
1: Universal Baseball Association Inc. J. Henry Waugh prop. That is, that is the, <laughs> the
2: official title. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. J. Henry Waugh proprietor is the is the uh, official title by Robert Coover. It's uh, it's astonishing. Um, but we're actually going to be spending our time talking about a different baseball fictional uh, story because you and I, ended up in Dyersville. Like, Mm -hmm. like here's the thing we've met, we've been together. Like we've said like eight times or something or 10 times or something like that. And one of them was in Dyersville, Iowa. That doesn't seem right to me. Like, like that's where we ended up meeting was Dyersville, (laughs) Iowa.
2: Ty Cobb wanted to play. None of us could stand a son of a bitch when we were alive. So we told him to stick (laughs) it. Yeah. I mean, it's, unlikely that it would have ever been Iowa and it's even (laughs) less likely that absent any absent the the movie Field of Dreams that it would have been Dyersville Iowa but that that is where we were it uh, we drove into the stadium we should tell the story of getting into the stadium because we were texting and I you know Dyersville Iowa if you've never been there and you haven't uh, (laughs) what is not equipped to have an influx of 8,000 plus people in one day. No. No. And so we left, uh, the group that I was with, left very early. The game started at six and we left at like 3.30 and we were probably 45 minutes from the uh, stadium. And we were just, we immediately, as soon as we pulled off the highway, we got into very bad traffic, like inching along traffic. Because it's a basically a one lane road leading for several miles into the stadium. And I was, I texted you and said like, Hey, have you left yet? Cause the traffic is really bad. And you were like, we're, we're half an hour away from whatever, from getting off the higher way. And I was like, "Uh Oh, like, I, I I'm worried that you're not going to make it in time, honestly, because we, this seems really, really slow. And, uh, and then we inched along for like another 90 minutes or so. <laughs> and you beat us by 45 minutes. So explain, explain how you defied the laws of traffic. It
1: business. was, It was truly it was truly I mean, of course, look, not only is Dyersville not equipped for such a big crowd, it's pretty famously not equipped. I mean, that is how the movie uh, ends. Field of Dreams ends with this unbelievably long line of cars, you know, coming to the field, uh, which is which is really hilarious because I had never thought of what that really meant. Like in, in the movie, you know, the, the camera pans back and and you see like the cars, you know, going basically across Iowa trying to get to the field and, and how, you know, heartwarming and touching that is. But every person in that car is swearing up a storm. There's no question about it. I mean, they're like, we are never getting there. They're th- nobody's nobody's happy. Nobody is is happy.
2: Yeah, um, what they're thinking in that line, I realized is, I don't care what kind of emotional (laughs) catharsis I'm about to have. It's not worth the traffic. Like it's just it can't be worth it. It can't be worth Uh, it. Because so we are crawling along. You beat us there because essentially because you got lost.
1: That's right. Well, what happened was we plugged in. Of course, we were working on GPS like everybody else. And we plugged in uh, Field of Dreams and we were going. And then we took an early exit. And and only then we realized that we were not actually plugged in to go to the Field of Dreams field. But instead, the Field of Dreams office, which is in downtown Dyersville, okay. um, I don't even know what that is. I don't know why the office wouldn't be at the Field of Dreams, but but they, apparently they have an office. So we're like, oh, well, we 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 need to plug in the right thing. So we we switched out and, and and went to the Field of Dreams and it said, OK, you're now seven miles away. And we're like, oh, great. And they took us down this this road that didn't look any different than every other farm road but there was not a single car in it, not a single car. And we're just driving. And suddenly it's like really, really curvy and swerving around farms and, and corn fields. And, and uh, you know, that's, it's nothing. It's, I mean, there's, it's it's like, we have to go like 20 miles an hour because of the curves. And then we were there and we were just there. And we yeah. saw the line of cars all coming from the other direction. We had just taken some sort of weird back way to get there. And and we were in the car because of course everybody in the car had seen your your text and they're like, oh, it's gonna take forever to get there. But we were there, like, hey, that's it. That's the stadium right there. And we just pulled up to it and the you know, the cop was there. And and we thought he was gonna say, like, ah, you can't come in this way, you got to go around and and be behind all those cars. But he was like, Yeah, you got a ticket, go on in. We just went in, parked, walked up. I'm texting you as we're going, and I'm like, Hey, where are you? And you're like, what do you mean? Where am I? We're still in traffic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was. There were several moments where we we were looking at our GPS and we're like, we could get off here and try to sneak around, but like normally we're used to the sort of the uh, let's call it more like urban sort of system of stadium entry, like Dodger Stadium, where if you try that, inevitably you come, you you weave around and you come up to a place and the road is just blocked off. Exactly
1: right. Exactly right. And
2: you have to turn around and go back and you have just, all you've done is delayed your entry by 15 more minutes. So we kept looking at these back roads and thinking, Hmm, we could try to sneak in that way. And then we were like, no, we're definitely just going to hit a, de- a like a, a, something that's blocked off and we'll have to turn around. So we didn't,
1: and you didn't work <laughs> and it's infuriating. <laughs> it was really, really awesome. It was so awesome. So we are about to talk about our experience in the field of the Games game, which was amazing. But before we do that, we have a special guest. Look at this. It's like a surprise. It's like a this is your life surprise.
2: I don't know who this is. You've told me that there's a surprise guest and I i have told know you there's a
1: surprise is. guest and I have not told you who it is. Our surprise guest is. Checking in on Kansas City with Jason Cander. Jason Cander, Jason, welcome.
2: Oh, brother. <laughs> oh wait you're muted jason you're not you're not we can't hear you
1: we can see you but we cannot hear you jason
0: how about how about there, there oh we go. <laughs> look at that i don't know why y'all every time i show up that's when the video. starts. see joe just put on his video mike's like i'm not gonna do it all right i'll do it i don't care uh, <laughs> oh look at that so what i'm wondering is when i come on does the video stay on after i leave oh no no well, I we see, don't believe that's in hilarious that. like really, we don't need like, to see each other no, no but I, I actually say. i think last time we did leave it on i think that's we what did. i i think i'm changing things around here <laughs> <laughs> right, you so, are an agent of change jason how are you i am i am well honestly like i'm not that great but uh i'm really thankful for uh this b- little bit of meaningless in the middle of my day this meaninglessness so thank you joe for the invitation uh, and uh, I just I could use some meaninglessness right now. Now, Well, you've come to the right place, my friend. <laughs> absolutely. Now, let me ask. Uh, we had some microphone issues last time. So right now, I'm not using this fancy microphone. Oh, microphone.
1: here we go again.
0: But I can because my wife taught me. Hang on just a second. My wife taught me how. Uh, can you hear me right now?
2: Yeah, we hear you. You, you. sound
0: the same. Okay, exactly the hold same. On. All right, hold on, hold on. Here, here we go. go. And now it's probably louder, but I can turn it down.
1: No, oh, look at it this.
0: It's has, better. Are we it good sounds right better. here? You, you,
2: Tell me uh, it I think, you, you, yeah, it's better. It's definitely better than it was the first time. So, uh, okay. Introduce yourself again. Give us your name and, and uh, address. Rank. And your social security number.
0: Yep. <laughs> now batting for the Kansas City Royals, the center fielder, Jason Cander. That's my standard sound check. Look at that. That's good. That you sounds sound good. good. I'm not overpowering you like I was last time? No. You sound well, great. you are, but not with your voice. All right. It's, uh... Jason, we
1: are about to talk about the Field of Dreams game, which Michael and I both were at. We just happened
0: to oh, be there. you were there. both there. You we just were happened to there. be. It had nothing yeah. to do with your star-studded statuses. No, of course not. You, <laughs> you clearly, you just uh, played that lottery that they had and then bought two tickets. That's well,
1: from my from my home in Iowa. Absolutely. Yeah. That's
0: exactly, <laughs> exactly right. Man um, of the people you are.
1: So we want, it, we want to know first, before we get into our stories about the Field of Dreams game, we want to know first, you watched the game, of course.
0: Uh, I, I watched clips afterwards because I was in a cabin in the woods at the time. But I watched all the clips.
1: Okay, I don't want to go into the cabin in the woods thing, but <laughs> it was a vacation. Um, but uh, what would you think? What did you th- What did you think of the whole thing?
0: I thought it was lovely. Um, I agree with, you know, several, there were several takes that said, you know, why is it that baseball um, does this so rarely? Like I read what you wrote, Joe, your point about, you know, it's a regular season game on primetime network television, a great point, but also (coughs) people pointed out that, you know, we have all this inventory. Every team has 81 home games. Why are we not playing some of our home games like at our minor league affiliates stadiums or right. at other like, you know, it, that, that would make such a difference in, in growing the game. Or we could just focus on how do we get the pitcher to pitch the ball quicker in between, pitches. <laughs> like, uh, you know, well, let, I let, think let people
2: see baseball. I think you're going to see that happen now. I think that they, that was such a successful experiment. Uh, and obviously there aren't that many things that have such a broad appeal as Field of Dreams, the movie. Um, so it's not like there's there's not a, there's not twenty five other great but, but, bro- broadly appealing places to play. Know. That doesn't that doesn't mean there aren't special places to play that can be eventized, right. is the word that you hear in TV all the time. So eventized. I I think you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna see that happen more. Uh, there, I just I don't know how I don't know if any of them will be a bigger deal than this one. That's my my question is like is it is there gonna be are there other things they can do that will be as big a deal. I don't know, but well, but you're definitely going to see it happen because it was a big success.
1: Yeah. I look, I think there are a lot of things you can do. I don't know how you compare it. Cause this was the first one, like, no, they'll do the field of dreams game next year for sure. And it'll be great, but it won't be like this one. Right. This was the first one. So, so it's different, but I, I kind of think that there are a bunch of different things that they could do that would, uh, you know, that would be, if not as big a deal, pretty close to as big a deal. I mean, I've talked about how I think they should play, um, you know, there are three Negro league stadiums that that still exist. They should definitely play a game at one of those in Negro league uniforms and, 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 and celebrate the Negro leagues. But, you know, if you want to talk about just art and movies and whatever, I mean, why wouldn't you play a game in Durham, North Carolina? And, right. You know, and sure. Durham night. Right. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Right. You could I mean, have
0: Costner again. <laughs> exactly. And then why
1: wouldn't you play, uh, you know, one with uh, where, uh, you know, the one where he threw the perfect game or whatever, the, you know, just, uh, for the
0: love of the game, just the play the one game. At, like old Tiger Stadium or whatever. Just,
1: travel Costner around the country to every one <laughs> of the right. sites where he did movies. Um, no, but I look, I think there are lots of different things that they can do including some that you wouldn't even have to do like special uh, places. I mean, I know one of the fears, I was talking to a television executive after the game and, and he was saying, you know, one of the fears is that it was really, really cool when the NHL played their first outdoor hockey, you know, thing like that was really Mm -hmm. cool. And then they didn't want to Fenway park and they didn't want to Wrigley field and they, you know, and after a while it was like, all right, fine. You've, you've kind of run out of places And, and that's a concern, but I don't know that it is because I think, why wouldn't you make one special Fenway park night, you know, make it a Thursday night game. That would be in national television, one special Wrigley field night, one night honoring Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. I mean, I, I just feel like it feels like to me, like baseball has never come close to taking advantage of the fact that the one thing they've got is a lot of inventory and you can make these, some of these games special. Well,
2: yeah there there should also be like they should play a game in Williamsport. They should figure right, out a way right. to turn turn the Little League World Series field into a major league field or whatever. Absolutely. Like they, they they there's just they, they they've been remarkably bad, I would say, in in taking their product and turning it into something that is special that people who are not who are not us who don't watch 162 games a year (laughs) or more will say like, Oh, that sounds fun. I'll, I'll watch that for a couple hours tonight or whatever. Like they should have, they should absolutely have uh, a list of 20 different special events that they can, that they can do over the course of a year and they should do them every year. And, and by the way, they've, they, you know, they, they started doing that a little bit recently with like, they played in London and in a, in a ridiculous stadium where the final <laughs> score was 19 to 17 or whatever that was. Um, and they'll, they'll play it, but like they should be going to the Dominican Republic Absolutely. and playing a game. They Absolutely. should be going, they should Mexico. be going to Mexico. They Puerto should be going Rico. to, yep. They should be going to the places where like bring, you know, look, the Cubs stink now and, um, and no one, wants to watch them. But if, if, if like last year, if they had brought Javi Baez to Puerto Rico and played a game, he would have, it would have been the, in, in a, an enormous deal if they had done that, it would have been, you know, so they have these opportunities with these guys who are, who are star players who are from places that aren't in America and they should be taking all of those star players home to play games in their home stadium and they should do hour-long documentaries about i mean if you actually went to the dominican republic if you went to san pedro de Macorís in the dominican republic and you Amazing. brought and you brought back not only current players but former players who were yes. from dominican and if you brought a, a pedro back and, and did an hour-long documentary of him walking around and you saw how people in the dominican respond to Pedro Martinez like you would. it would be very moving and fantastic and like and they've just been really bad at at doing that like they have Pedro and David Ortiz in a uh, in a a booth if for the TBS pregame show like do that show from the Dominican for a week and like and have it have it be uh, you know, have it be Dominican week. And it would be, it would be huge. It would be a massive way to grow the game.
1: I'm telling you, I, one of the, my favorite experiences ever as a sports writer was going to the Dominican with Tony Pena, who, uh, is, a you know, he's a God there in, in the Dominican. I mean, he was one of the first and, and he, he lives there and, and is, you know, somebody who, who provides for so many people there. I mean, he is, it's going around with him really is like going around with the president and you, and, and seeing the way that people responded to him, we went back to where he started. And one of my favorite stories of that game is we went back to the house where he grew up, the home where he grew up, which dirt floors and, and, you know, five to a room and and everything else. And we went in there and it was, it was somebody else's living there now, but, but uh, it was exactly as it was uh, when Tony Pena was there, except on the wall, there's a picture of Pedro Martinez. There's like a picture of Pedro Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, I, he said, it's exactly like it was when I was young. And I said, yeah, but then now there's a picture of Pedro Martinez. And he said, yeah, that used to be a picture of Jesus. Like that is. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's what we're talking about that's here. That's what we're so, talking about. Yeah. It's a great Look,
0: idea. To me, it's not just about taking the game to places outside the country. It's also about taking the game to places inside the country where they don't get to see the game regularly. To me, like one of the things that was so special about the Field of Dreams games, Field of Dreams game, it wasn't just that it was played in the corn and all that. I mean, to be honest, for me, like it was cool that they had so many fans there, but like if they had just played it on the original field with like 100 fans watching, Mm -hmm. like what I remember from like travel baseball when I was in high school, like that'd be that'd be even maybe cooler but my my point really is that what was also special was it was the first mlb game in iowa yes so like right. why not do that every in state. montana right and in idaho well,
1: alabama alabama has a negro leagues baseball stadium there's never been a major right. league. Game. well now we you know the negro leagues are considered major leagues so but there's never been an mlb yeah. game in alabama there's a and that's think of what alabama i mean you, you talk about montana north dakota some of these other places think about what Alabama has contributed to major league baseball. That's Willie Mays. That's Hank Aaron, that's Satchel Paige. I mean, my gosh. And uh, there's never been a major league game. I mean that, what an unbelievable documentary you do on that.
0: Right. And it's worth it for teams. It doesn't take that much to create a fan base somewhere. Like I think about myself growing up in Kansas city where we don't have an NBA team and you know, had we, and so I didn't grow up really all that into the NBA at all, but now like, my son and I are huge Thunder fans because we have this very loose connection uh, to the team. And now they just drafted a local, a local kid here. And so like it, it only uh, strengthens that relationship. And, you know, I guess it's the closest uh, Oklahoma city is sure. the closest, but it's, it's, you know, it's a toss up between that and Memphis. And, but my point is like, I remember growing up and, You know, when I would get home from school, like we had the Royals and the Royals were great. But when I would get home from school, I could turn on WGN and watch the Cubs. Right. And I could also turn on uh, TBS and watch the Braves. And so whenever I meet, like when I travel the country, when I meet somebody who is not from Atlanta or Chicago and they're either a huge Cubs or Braves fan, I know it's because of WGN or TBS. So it doesn't take much. Like if you're if you're the Royals, like, you know, go to Montana. And play a game and you may end up with a bunch of fans in Montana. Totally. My, my, a very good friend of mine named
2: Mike Stone grew up in new Orleans and is a huge baseball fan. And he's a Braves fan because that's what he could watch. He could watch mm-hmm. the Braves and he's from the South. And so that's what was available. And like, there's never been an, an MLB game played in, in Louisiana either. How could right? you not have
1: a game in New Orleans? My right, gosh. play yeah. a game
2: in New Orleans. Like there, there's, there's a lot of sports fans in New Orleans. Like yeah. play a game and don't play it in the freaking dome. No, play no. it, find it, find a stadium. What does it cost? to convert a stadium into a, into a, there's gotta be minor league stadiums. So you go there, you play it, you move the fences back 10 to 20 feet or whatever. Well, and New you Orleans, play a
1: game with 8,000
2: people. It's like, right. a, New Orleans on.
1: has a triple a team. They have a stadium. I mean, they, right. they play there. I mean, it's uh, but you yeah. ask what it costs. I mean, MLB built a stadium out of the corn, right? I mean, right. I mean it, whatever it costs, they can afford it. You know, they yeah. should.
2: the goal should be that in, in the next 10 years,
0: they play a game in every state in the every game. state. Yeah, I agree. If you're the Rays, you're lucky to play for eight thousand people. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just go find eight thousand people in another yeah, state. Yeah, what are what are the what are the, man? what
2: are the Marlins losing in gate receipts if they if <laughs> exactly. they play a game in New Orleans?
1: <laughs> exactly, it'd be great. And 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 they should have a weekly prime time major league baseball game on a network. I mean, that should just happen. I, I, I can't believe that MLB has not insisted on that in their mm-hmm. television deals. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's so important. I mean, to me, what was really exciting about this was not only were the ratings really, really good. Um, you know, the most watched regular season game and whatever, 15, 16 years, but kids watched because mm-hmm. it was, it was, the time was perfect. Uh, women. It was the most watched game by women. That's Kevin Costner, game.
0: right there. Thank you, Kevin Costner. Well, since,
1: <laughs> yeah, since 1998. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, that's what we're talking about here. So, uh, I think it's huge. All right, Jason, you have to give us your Kansas City update. That's why you're here. Uh, sure. What What do you have for us?
0: Oh, I got a few things. Got a few things for you. Um, Sadly, probably the right, definitely the right business decision for the Royals, but terrible for uh, fans and for particularly young fans. Danny Duffy was traded. Um, Danny Duffy. I mean, you talk about, you know, people throw the term fan favorite around a lot. um, But Duff really, really like wrote the book on how to become a part of the community in a way that may, I mean, like when your Ventura was killed, like Duffy went down to the stadium and met the fans at the vigil and was just like hugging people all day. And then, you know, and, and, and he, he coined the phrase, bury me a Royal, like he, you know, all this stuff. So my son loves Danny Duffy and, uh, and, you know, he had a no trade clause. And I, and so I, I, I prepared true for this. I said, look, He, you know, I explained how the contract works and he's coming up on the end of his contract and I explained free agency true is almost eight. So this was not the easiest conversation. And then I said, but you know, look, he's from California, so he might be willing to get traded to California. And, uh, and true was like, okay. So true was fully prepared when I got up in the morning and said, Hey, but buddy, Danny Duffy got traded to the Dodgers. He was prepared, but he still cried. And, uh, and, you know, that's the, like just as a transition from, you know, kids got to watch the game for the Field the Dreams game. Like, you know, kids, this is still a special game that way, like particularly the fact that they play every day and you can you can, you know, with the exception of pitchers, you can see your, your, your favorite player every day. So anyway, Duffy got traded. I, we all are now. I, I can't say we're rooting for the Dodgers, but we're rooting for Duffy uh, to, to get a ring anyway.
1: Well, you should know, Jason, that while you were having that very hard conversation with your son – Mike was having the opposite conversation with his son, where his son was like, Oh, do we need another pitcher? Okay, well, <laughs> you're <if> you- <laughs> totally right. <laughs> well, I guess no, we'll take Danny Duffy. That's fine. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's several times been the Royals opening day starter. Um, the Dodgers <laughs> will very possibly use him for long middle relief. Long middle relief. To an
2: emergency guy out of the bullpen if they <laughs> need him.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And we, that's you
2: know. after losing Dustin May for the year and Trevor <laughs> Bauer to his uh, difficulties. And everything else, like oh, right. well, yeah, throw throw Duffy in there. Who can Yeah, why well, now? We why got not? him. It
1: Here. is an embarrassment and of riches. Although they're not going to win that division. This
2: is this is the <laughs> weirdest thing. Let's take a brief pause from discussing the um, the Field of Dreams game and Kansas City to discuss the NL West because I, I so I have a friend who's a. Gen- Giants fan and they got off to a hot start and he was sort of like crowing about their hot start and i was yep. like give it up man you know you know what how this is gonna go like come on look at that roster look at the dodgers roster and now here we are in mid-august and the giants won't lose a game no they, they won't just lose. won't lose a game no they're up four and, and the dodgers have a much better run differential yep. and yet somehow are what five five back or something of the giants four back yeah yeah and the padres who are so good and granted you know they've lost tattoos for a total of something like 20 30 games right, and sure. stuff so whatever but the padres like can't they can't get arrested no, in that division. It's I don't understand ten
1: back ten it's just the, back
2: i mean yeah, they're, they're still they're might be the, the wild, wild card, card. yeah, yeah. It still might be the wild card thank but god because i
0: want to see him in the playoffs
2: i do too but what how what sense does it make that the giants are this far ahead of of the dodgers and padres what in what universe is this a rational outcome for the no, middle I, of
0: august I, having lived through the 2014 world series like i can tell you that they just that's what they do they just defy gravity like yeah it's it's frustrating um i don't know yeah, they I, just I, I, they, I, I'd like that, to say, like, well, you know, the fan base deserves it, but they don't. No, they don't. Well, no, nobody. Nobody deserves this. No, well, <laughs> Nobody deserves well, this much happiness.
1: Well, Farhan Zaidi is there is the president there and uh, got there a couple of years ago. He's brilliant. He, he was he was one of the super smart guys behind the A's. And and uh, and he's probably the you know, he's I think he's got like 12 masters and PhDs and he's just a genius and a wonderful guy. And uh, I just recently reached out to him actually to to say something. I don't, I don't think he expected this, you know I mean? No. I just don't think. And the thing that's crazy about that Giants team, and it's, it's somewhat true of that Brewers team also, but the Brewers team is in a bad division. So that makes a little more sense. That Giants team, they don't have an MVP candidate on that team. I mean, the closest uh, thing that got is- but Posey's right. played seventy-seven games. He he literally rests one every three days, because of you know to keep him fresh. And he's been great when he's played. But I mean, he's not going to play hundred games this year, and then he's going to be the MVP. I mean, it's it's they you know that team is just a bunch of really really, I guess just good just players overachievers man. overachievers they, yeah. yeah
2: they like you you look at their roster and like everyone in their roster has like an 830 OPS and and, <laughs> and, it's like, and their whole
1: rotation is like Kevin Gaussman it's like every it's they're all Kevin Gaussman yeah. it's like like,
2: everybody's I'm, Kevin Gaussman everybody's Wilmer Flores like it is it is so weird and like I guess it's I mean you have to be you have to admire it you have to oh, just yeah. say like man they put together an incredibly quality team top to bottom with a bunch of dudes who can all play. They do make me think a little bit of like the Milwaukee bucks in, in not this past championship year, but in the years before that, where you can totally imagine them getting to the playoffs and then just losing because they run into the Dodge. Like they run into like Scherzer and, and, uh, and Bueller in the playoffs or whatever. And, and just can't. And like other teams have better players like or. Ordinarily, you know, in the NBA, it's like, look at the, look at the three best players. And if team A's three best players are better than team B's three best players, team A is going to win. Right. Baseball isn't quite like that, but in the playoffs, if you look at starting pitching, you can, you can kind of be like, well, the advantage, it doesn't matter what their regular season records were in a seven game series. You take the Dodgers over the giants anyway, even though the giants have proven that they're better all year. So I can totally imagine them flaming out, but it's, it is just, I cannot believe the staying power of that team. It's just remarkable.
1: really has been amazing. All right. Back to you, oh, Jason. Sorry. and, uh, well, and no, and, no, and no. NL
0: West talk. No, there's no problem. Look, uh, I, I have a couple of thoughts. They're philosophical thoughts that classify as Kansas city check-in. Uh, so, okay. The first is I've been thinking a lot, uh, ever since the trade deadline about how to enjoy your team during a rebuild. Okay. Uh, you know, and and I think, uh, you know, I, I think we concentrate too much on like what's going to happen, like, like focusing on the rookies coming up and focusing on like only the young players. And I think like during a rebuild, you've got to think about it much more, uh, you know, and I've said this before, but you got to think about it much more like it's your kid's team and like, you know, each kid, like you got to get to know the players. And then when they do something good, you're just happy for them. And then like you don't really care who won or lost which is very different than being like the parent who's screaming at the coach all the time um, because your kid doesn't get enough playing time. And you think that that kid (laughs) should have been pulled from pitching before the fifth inning or whatever. But like, so my point is for those listening, whose team is going through a rebuild, stop doing the thing where you torture yourself by only evaluating your team based on whether or not they're setting up to be better in three years and start just enjoying the interesting stories of the kids on the team now. And like get to know them so that like when they hit their first triple in a game that you lose by 10, you like have something <laughs> to be excited about. You know what I mean? Like, so that's my first Kansas City specific like thing. And then the second is uh, this uh, past week, uh, you know, Alex Gordon, our, our left, like spent his whole career with the Royals, our platinum glove left fielder, retired last year. And they had him come out to throw the first pitch or the ceremonial first pitch. And it was a really great moment. They actually had him go out to left field, his usual position and they had him throw home right oh, from left nice. field. And he, it was a very beautiful moment. I mean, he threw a dart, a one hop uh, to Salvi just like he always used to. And it like would have nailed anybody. Right. And this guy's been out of baseball for a year and it made me start thinking about how messed up it is that when these guys get to a certain age and they probably still want to play baseball that we also have to stop watching them play baseball and it, it got me thinking about the fact that golf is really the only sport that has a senior circuit of any kind right like why you know and then I also started thinking about this new this Lakers lineup and everybody's making fun of it like <laughs> what if instead of trying to hang on forever what if these guys had the option of like in baseball of playing in a league that we could watch maybe it was only on the internet or whatever but like they played like 30 you know i play in this league that's we're all old and we play 35 games a year why can't alex gordon play on a why can't he graduate to a team where he plays 35 games a year still gets to be around his family and we get to still watch these guys play like why is why is that not a thing
2: because nobody wants to watch 58 year old <laughs> alex gordon ground out to second
0: and,
1: four and times. maybe <laughs> you don't think it would be maybe interesting alex G- Maybe Alex Gordon, having made $77 million as a player, doesn't want to pay, get paid four bucks a game to come out
0: to entertain people. But some of these guys just want to play baseball, right? That's my point. Like, why is it all or nothing? Why is it either you continue to play in the major league? Like, you wouldn't, a year from now, watch uh, a game where Alex Gordon is, like, pitching to Albert Pujols? Like, you wouldn't watch that? You think Albert Pujols is going to want to play baseball after
1: this? I mean, I'm just, Albert Pujols is 41
0: years old and still playing. He must want to play baseball. Well, it's because Albert
1: Pujols is getting paid $30 million a year to play. I think baseball. that doing it for
2: money. Listen, the, the got, famously, athletes have a hard time letting go of the game, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's very hard. It's psychologically and emotionally tricky to move on. And I don't think we'd be helping them. By saying, like, you can play for another 15 years in the senior league for for a $200 a game in front of, like, 600 fans. I think, like, I don't think that's, like, a I think that's, like, a, a I think you need to break away from the game. When the game tells you that it's over, I think you need to go do something else with your life.
0: I disagree. I think we need to normalize the fact that they still want to play the game. Yeah, it, but I... I- I recommend you listen to this amazing 30 for 30 podcast called Ricky won't quit. I don't know if you've heard it. Yes. It's about Ricky yeah. Henderson's. Yeah. When he was 46 years old and he played an independent ball and uh-huh. it's just like everybody treated him like he was crazy. Cause he wasn't honoring his legacy. But to me, he's the most sane guy in the entire thing, because they ask him, why are you still doing this? And he goes, because i like to play baseball. It's like, yeah, that's why you played in the first it's be- I-, I think that's beautiful. Well, I, I do.
1: I do too, but I would say Ricky Henderson is not like most people. I Ricky Henderson will tell you Ricky Henderson is not like most people. Um, But also I, I think that there's a fundamental difference in players wanting to play baseball and players wanting to play baseball. That is not major league baseball. Like all of these guys have the option of going to play independent ball. If that's what they want to do. I mean, those, there are plenty of teams out there that would take Alex Gordon tomorrow. He could go play in, in Newark. That's a good you point. Know. You make a good point there. I think there. those <laughs> guys miss, they want to play Major League Baseball with, with all the pressure and the, and the intensity and, and, the, and the focus and, and all of those things. The actual game, I don't think those guys, you know, I, I remember Tom Watson once telling me that the least exciting thing he could ever imagine doing is playing golf for fun. <laughs> like just going out like with four guys like, yeah, hey, let's go out and play. Like he's like, he's like, there's nothing interesting to him about that. What's interesting to him. What he missed was being competitive and, you know, down the stretch with Nicholas and whatever. But I think that's what those guys miss. I don't think Albert pools will miss being out there in a uniform and playing baseball.
0: You might be right. You, you know, I could be swayed on this. Now, the thing is, though, the league I play in, like, for years, there were a lot of former Royals who played it. Well, sure,
1: well, sure. Um, like I do... said, those guys, some of those guys...
0: Invite Alex well. Gordon to play with you, man. I, Maybe oh, I've, come thought with you. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. i am I should reach out right after I get off this. Uh, All right, so <laughs> we're we're going to go back to talking about field
2: dreams. So what was your, what give us your favorite, uh, your, your favorite thing or two from,
0: from the game? Well, what really moved you or, or got your heartstrings pulled on your heartstrings? There? I'm, I'm predictable. It was the guys walking out of the corn. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was like, I was like, Ooh, that surprised me how much that got me. Uh, also got to hand it to Costner for really, committing committing. oh my god
2: yes it was like a seven minute long he he was clear that look costner is an actor and it was clear that he had said to someone like direct me like what's my motivation here and it was like and he had a whole backstory in his head it was like you've returned to the field you know ray kinsella is back he doesn't exactly know why i mean it was (laughs) ponderously long that he walked out he moved sort of toward first base he stopped he looked around he looked confused like why why am i back here in this setting then he drifted back towards center and he stopped and he paused and he looked around and then he turned around and then the guys walked out of the corn. it was like he had a whole narrative in his
1: head oh there is there's no doubt in my mind that 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 costner in his mind as he as he in as motivation he was dead that was, it was great. Yes. I had died Yep. and he found himself back out on the field. Just what, what am I doing here? What's going on? And, and. Why have
2: I been brought back? What, <laughs> what is, what's happening? And then it was like, oh, I'm here to usher in the game. Like that. It was, a, he had a whole story. It was kind of great. Like I like loved he, he could have walked out and just like waved to the crowd and like, and like, w- and if people had gone crazy then he could have turned around and made a grand gesture to the corn and they could have walked out like he could have done it that way in a sort of presentational way but instead he acted it like oh he he acted. Act- it was it was a performance and i was like you know what i gotta give it up to that guy that's like a good that's it was, cool
0: it was very cool and also um that he like uh didn't he, he didn't let when the players came up and started shaking his hand he he really didn't let that break character. Nope. He in not character. You no, know? Like, character. He was and breaking it must have been weird People for them. Coming be- up to me. Yeah they're they're coming up and like <laughs> hey it's I'm a big fan it's but you know and he's just like it's you know acting <laughs> befuddled by them being there and like. Uh, <laughs>
1: Who are these players? Where did they come from? What are they doing? Here? Yeah
0: I also appreciated um you know, I'm no lover of the White Sox as a fan of an AL Central team, but uh, I, I did appreciate that he introed the teams as the first place White Sox. And he was like, and the mighty Yankees. Like, I mean, it's like just like this team's in first place and this team is the Yankees. Yes, um, that's exactly right. I thought that was pretty It was too. joyful.
1: All right, yeah. Jason, another sterling Kansas City check. And I have to say,
0: hey, uh thank you for uh for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, you know, I want to make this thing. So, Mike, I'm gonna update you on my current stats. I'm slashing three eighty-six, four fifty-five, five forty-five with an even 1.000 OPS. And, that's and
2: an OBP heavy OPS. That's what you want, man. You that's know right. what I mean? You're exactly not you're not making outs. So that's great. Exactly
1: right. I, that's I, that's gonna really help your uh, your WOBA.
0: I appreciated a, a couple of weeks ago when y'all went ahead and acknowledged that with a with a metal bat, I probably put a couple out i appreciate it yeah I, yeah I laughed so hard when i was listening to it and when when joe goes candor's gonna be furious <laughs> and i just i cracked up because i was like yeah i am furious anyway uh thanks all y'all right. have fun thank you for your kansas city update all right later <laughs> bye-bye
2: all
1: right, all right
2: so so back to the field of dreams game so i have i have uh i have things i liked and things that were annoying to me
1: let's hear it i want to hear the okay. things you liked first
2: things i liked i'm with jason i love the corn it, it uh the way that you as a spectator got to the stadium was you went onto the original field for the right. movie and you took pictures and you walked around and there were dads and sons playing catch which was pretty neat That's cool. and then the way you got to the field was you walked through the corn and I, that That's was cool. a that was a really great uh design for the for the event like it was re- Really neat to do that. Because that's what you wanted to do. As soon as you got there and you saw the corn, you were like, I gotta walk through that corn and see if I disappear, <laughs> I guess. Um, so that was really cool. The fan experience was really cool. Like the the you know, it was an incredibly intimate stadium. It was very um very it was felt very moving to be there. It felt very yes. as a fan of the movie as a fan of baseball, blah 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 blah. There's a couple I have two pet peeves. Here they are. Number okay. one, they put up a fence. Right. They should not have put up a fence like and and I get it. It's player safety. You can't have uh, Aaron Judge, 285 pound Aaron Judge running at full tilt back toward the toward the corn and and just like getting his eye poked out by by (laughs) a corn stalk. Like I I totally get it. And they and they did it right because it was a mesh fence. So you could see the corn through the fence, which meant that it felt like there was no fence there. But really what you wanted was a line painted either on the ground at the edge of the corn where it's just like, Hey, if the ball goes over the line and lands on the corn, it's a home run, but you can, it's a, basically a zero foot fence is what you wanted. Right. Yeah. Yep. Or, or a line on top of the first row of corn that, <laughs> that meant if the ball went over. So if it hit in the middle of the first corn stalk, it was a ground rule double or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, um so I I understand I understood why but I, like I was like boo there shouldn't be a fence there boo
1: no fence <clears throat>
2: The other thing and this is completely t- uh, a complete side note to the entire event they did a military flyover Yes they did at the end of the national anthem the four like A10 Warthogs or whatever buzzed buzz, the stadium and I I was just like damn it if there's one mood That should not be shattered by the thunderous roar of four Air Force jets. It's this mood. Like, it's pastoral and romantic and sweeping and emotional. Why are we doing this? This is insane. Like, that is a truly crazy decision that baseball made to say, like, we have this beautiful, idyllic, rural setting. And we're just going to do the same stupid (laughs) military crap that we always do when there's big games and have four like weapons of war (laughs) flying in tight formation right over the stadium. What are they doing? What is that? Why do that in this game? It doesn't make any sense at all.
1: Well, there were two problems that I had with it uh, beyond that one. The stadium wasn't that well built. So when the four planes flew overhead, Our bleachers started shaking, like significantly shaking, like they could collapse kind of shaking, which was a little bit scary to be perfectly honest. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it it wasn't like you were in some sort of like, you know, you were in a stadium like, oh, this this stadium has seen it before. This stadium has not seen that before. So so there was no way that you knew that that was going to hold up. Secondly, beyond the pastoral nature of it, isn't the movie field of dreams sort of the exact opposite of the military thing, right? Yeah. Like it's the it whole peace love dope thing. Like that's the whole movie.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. Both in its both in its themes and also its tone, right? It's like this isn't a movie that celebrates quiet, romantic right. emotions about, about fatherhood and about family and about baseball and about magic and everything else. It is like it is the opposite of a military yeah, flyover right. in every way, shape
1: and form. Absolutely. And, and, and Annie would have a, been out there protesting if they actually have thrown yeah. a military <laughs> thing over like the ghosts. I mean, come on. It was just a
2: classic example to me of of MLB, like no one raising their hand and going like, hey, what if we don't do the military <laughs> flyover? Like right. no one just is like, anybody what, gonna like miss it yes in the super bowl it makes sense it's bombastic and jingoistic and there's an american flag the exact size of the field that gets unfurled and everything else and and so i like okay fine rah rah america mom apple pie like in like i get i get where the instinct came from but how did no one raise his or her hand and say the concept of the military flyover is the diametrical opposite of the of what we're going for here. The absolute other end of the spectrum of what we are trying to do. And after Kevin Costner comes out and for seven minutes wanders around the field in full, full-on <laughs> character and magical ballplayer ghosts come out of the field yeah. and he talks about whether this is heaven or Iowa. And then it's like... <laughs> like, it's just... It was... It, I, I actually burst out laughing when I saw because the planes showed up on the on the Jumbotron right. on the screen. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then I saw them in the distance and was like, I burst out laughing. I, yeah. And I, I I I think that it's one of the only truly bad decisions that they made in the entire presentation of the event.
1: Which is interesting because I thought this is something MLB has not shown itself to be all that good at. And I thought other than that, they just did not hit any false notes. No.
2: You know, I mean, it was really. They had the right idea the whole way through. They were like, we know what this is. We know how to do this. We here's here's what we're going to do. And it was great. And everyone was on board. Like we were all on board with the majesty and the romance and the sweeping orchestral score and everything else and then they just absolutely for for 30 seconds they totally blew it <laughs> it was
1: just it was and again who would have missed it if they had, if, if do you think anybody would want to hang on i cannot believe they. Did where not. was my military. a10 warthog <laughs> where, what, military
2: flyover <laughs> would have been something no one said no one like that. would have
1: ever said <laughs> all right oh my god but okay so let's wrap it up how great was it
2: I think it was for for uh ninety-nine point eight percent of it. I thought it was great. I mean, forgetting the game for a second, because yeah, the game itself, the game. they they really lucked into a couple things. The weather yeah. was perfect. They perfect. you know there were there could have been rolling thunderstorms in Dyersville, Iowa, and they got they got really lucky there. Uh they they really nailed the the mood and the tone. They got really lucky with the game, which had um, eight home runs in it, yes. like Eight home runs into the corn that's what, what you want there was a there was an absolutely a chance that that was a three to one sure sort of like meandering slightly boring game they got eight home runs they really picked they picked the teams really well because yeah. they picked even though Lance Lynn was starting um, they picked two teams that have a pen have a, a, a penchant for hitting balls uh, sure. 400 feet so the, the game was great it was a walk-off win by Podcast legend, our maybe our favorite player in the league, Tim yes, Anderson. Tim Anderson, that was fantastic. The, the, and the Yankee, the double home run Yankee comeback in the top of the ninth was really exciting. Yep. And then Anderson wins it on a walk off. Like they couldn't have, they, no pun intended, they could not have scripted it any better. They really couldn't for a game where they were trying to capture the imagination of new people who haven't watched baseball in a long time. It couldn't have been better. Like, a, absolutely, a, uh, a, a very very lucky act game that they got out of the uh of the scheduling of those two teams. So uh, there was nothing I didn't like about it. I really I really thought it was like as good as that event could have been.
1: That's how I felt too. I just felt like there was there was nothing I just didn't think other than the military thing. They just didn't they hit every right note on the thing. And and it was it was sweet, but it was it was even if you didn't like the movie and thought it was stupid, which is a few of my friends were like, this Mm -hmm. is stupid. You guys are celebrating a fictional thing for a dumb movie. Like this was, you know, what a lot, but even if that was your case, it was baseball in a small town in Iowa, in a cornfield, Mm -hmm. wearing old fashioned uniforms. What is not to like about that? You know? Yep.
2: Yep. I know. And, uh, and I, I, I have a I have a thread with some friends that that and the title of the thread is anything but baseball because yeah. they dunk on me like crazy. <laughs> They're NBA fans and NFL fans and they and they dunk on me like crazy for liking baseball as much as I like baseball. Right. And even they were like kind of interested. Well, yeah. they they one of them made a joke about me probably being at the game. And then I started <laughs> sending them pictures and they were like, You've got to be kidding me. But it was like the longest we've talked about baseball on the anything but baseball thread since the thread started, and like, yeah. and and I that like that's what they were after. That's what MLB was after, right? Let's have people in the dead of August who don't ordinarily talk about baseball. Let's have them talk about baseball for a day, right? And, and then and and jumpstart something, and and they have this zone now where like. There's no, like the, even the premier league hadn't started yet. There was no sports. Like yes. there is preseason football, which you've got to be kidding me. If you care about preseason <laughs> football, the <laughs> NBA is in the summer league, which right? is like mildly interesting if for diehard NBA fans, but August, there's nothing going on in August. Like baseball had a really good idea, which was like, Hey, we have this opportunity in the same way that college basketball has March. Yep. We have August, like let's figure out what to do in August. Uh and 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 get people talking about baseball for a second, and it totally worked.
1: It totally worked, and I hope they play it up big. All right, let's finish it off with the five questions. Uh, we'll start off with this guy, Alan uh Seppenwall. Oh, mm. okay. What is the status of my appeal with Goodell?
2: Okay, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Alan Seppenwall, a part sometime guest on the podcast, was banned for life for life for, uh, for a number of infractions, yes, um, starting with when we did our holiday draft one year, uh, we picked holiday movies and he chose Groundhog Day, which immediately brought down a year long ban, which was unextended into a into a full season ban. Uh, and uh, or, sorry, a, a lifetime ban. Lifetime. And he has he's appealed. He's appealed the ban a number of times to podcast commissioner Roger Goodell, who has denied his appeal every time he's appealed. He's appealed right. like seven or eight times at this point, And Goodell keeps saying no. Sorry. Lifetime band. So the the final appeal just came through and he made a number of excellent points and, uh, about his contributions, as many contributions to the podcast over the years and about his, he, he is a listener of the show and he's been a, he's been a good soldier and he's been a, a loyal listener and Goodell listened to all of those, uh, appeals. And he did a lot of soul searching and he said, you know what, Alan, I think I was wrong. Um, you don't have a lifetime ban anymore. You have 99 consecutive lifetime bans. It's like when, a, like a serial killer whose crimes are so uh, horrific that, a, like, a judge says one lifetime sentence is not enough. I'm going to sentence you to 99 consecutive life right. sentences. Right. That's that's the new the new uh, decision that's been made by the commissioners. 99 consecutive lifetime bans.
1: There you go. Well, there it is. Stuart Joyce actually responded to uh, Steppenwall wall. By saying, uh, gonna guess that every morning at the exact same time, Goodell reviews and denies your appeal, all while listening to the same Sonny and Cher song.
2: <laughs> I think it's, that's, there it is. There that's, it is. That's right. Yes, it's, I got you, babe. Comes on Goodell's alarm at 6 a.m. every morning. <laughs> he wakes up and pronounces that and Wall's banned for life.
1: I love this. I love it. All right, second uh, question. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna merge two questions. Uh, because there are there are both things that we want to discuss. One is asking us to discuss the uh Trey Turner slide for 30 minutes, which we don't great. have 30 minutes but we will discuss it. And the second one is uh how does Joey Votto still bang so hard at age 37?
2: <laughs> Two of our favorite things in the Two great questions. World. Two great questions. The Trey Turner slide if you haven't seen it, just just type Trey Turner slide into Google and it will give you and, the video. And
1: and stop what stop listening to this. Just watch that for yes. the rest of the afternoon. Literally. Yeah.
2: Um, I saw Tim Kirkchen on, on baseball tonight, I think. uh, And he said the best thing about it that I've heard, which is you can't slide that perfectly on a slip and slide, (laughs) (laughs) which is an absolutely true statement. Um, It is, it's one of the most uh, satisfying, I guess is the word. There's, there's a great Reddit thread called oddly satisfying. I think it's called oddly satisfying, which is just videos of things that are like, that are just oddly satisfying. That yes. you just you watch it and you're just like, wow, that's really satisfying. And the trade Turner slide should be a a permanent pinned <laughs> uh, video on that thread because it is just. I can. I've just watched it. I, it's it's the equivalent of listening to like a meditation app when you're yes. trying to go to sleep or something. Yes. It's just the most soothing thing. Like I, it's it's the most. It, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Do you understand it? Like no. it looks like no. for a second. For one second, Trey Turner was was an omnipotent god. <laughs> and he decided that with his omnipotent power, he was going to remove from the physical tactile universe the concept of friction. <laughs> like that, that when he slid his his body and pants and the dirt right. were going to have a coefficient of friction of 0.00. That's right. And he just he just glides like he's on ice. Yes. And then pops up in a perfect way and i don't understand it i no. do not understand it at
1: all do you no and and my question is what in the world did that feel like like right. do that because to me like like one of the greatest feelings you have had this feeling uh hopefully most people who have listened have had this feeling is when you were playing baseball and you were at the plate and you connect with the ball so well that you don't feel it. Right. Right. Like you don't, that to me is like his whole body. Like he got up and he was like, what did I just do? Like, I don't even think like any of it, like even registered with him because it was so utterly perfect. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. I,
2: I, I tweeted and I still want to know the answer to this. Like, what must it feel like to be that athletic? Oh my gosh. Like it's to me, it it was, it's in a category of that Giannis video where he, is on a breakaway and he crosses half court and dribbles once before dunking. (laughs) Like, what does that feel like? Like he runs 40, whatever it is, 42 feet or so dribbling once and then dunking and then dunking. And, and that, like that, just the power that you feel in your body or the, the sort of like the physical ability that you feel in those moments must be so mind-blowing you must be like even even if you're trey turner or you're Giannis, you must be like man that was that was (laughs) was pretty
1: good good. but the greatest thing about the whole thing with trey turner is that he scored from second on a single Mm -hmm. and there was no play at the plate even though that ball 99 percent of the players either don't score or there is like a tag at the plate but he just slid by like you know the the catcher was just got to he had the best view of the slide had no chance to tag him because he's so ridiculously fast uh it's 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 incredible just yeah. beyond belief.
2: But and Vado now vato we have Votto to deal is with a whole so Vado homered in six straight games and, and came within an, uh, like two feet of homering in a seventh straight which i think right. would have been a record right
1: well i think he didn't he homer in seven and he, and he came close to homering in eight or was I it can't
2: i can't think... remember now i think it was six straight and then seventh was the ball caught at the wall but but, um, I mean, you know, look, Tim Anderson, probably podcast number one favorite player. Votto's, Votto's a, a strong right number two. Yeah. He's
1: right there. He's our yeah. he's our Hall of Fame guy. It was seven. It was seven straight games that he homered. Wow. Ran, and he came My that goodness. close to homering in an eighth. And then he's he's had another two homer games since then. I mean, the guy is at age 37 and he's, he you know, he's slugging 580. He's hitting 282. Uh, it's... It, he's incredible. He's just
2: incredible. He's just great. He's just great. He's so good. It's like a little bit sad that he plays in Cincinnati and nobody cares. Yeah, You know, that, like, you know, Trey Turner, Trey Turner won a world series and then moved to one of the, you know, three or four premier franchises in baseball and, and it's going to be famous within the game for a very long time. Votto is never going to approach that level of fame because he plays in a city that just doesn't get that kind of national recognition, but the reds in general this year, um, they're winning again right now. As yes. I, as we say this, they're beating a, a Philadelphia three to one in the fourth. They've been a really pleasant surprise. this year. They've been
1: year. fun. They've, they've been fun. Yeah. But they've never they've been, been fun. Close enough. Yeah. Uh, they, to the brewers. They're, right. They're like always like five, six. Now I think they're eight back. I mean, they're, they're always a, enough back that it hasn't ever felt like they were really fully in the race, but they've been. They've played well this year.
2: They're they're two and a half out of the wild card. Like, there's a small chance that they that if if San Diego continues to kind of fall apart a little bit, yeah, um, or 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 something happens that they could sneak in there. And but I don't think so. They're only 22 runs above. Uh, uh, they only have a 22 run run differential. So you know, it's not like they're setting the world on fire. But they've been fun, and they they've been definitely better than I think we a lot of people thought they would be. And he's the reason why at this point
1: yeah absolutely all right our good friend al clemens wants to know what you think of the name lars newt bar is it a chocolate bar a leverage tool or a drinking establishment
2: it is a great name i don't know if it's any of those lars newt bar is more like um it's like a um Lars Newtbar was like one of the bad guys who was involved in the diehard heist. I was
1: going to say, something. one of the diehard bad guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a it's minor. What, the-
1: he was a minor. He was like, he's one that got that. He killed first. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> We he will was, avenge he was, Lars Newtbar. He might have actually been like the, the like international like banker who was, who was the behind the heist. You know what I mean? Like he was like a, he's like a, a Finnish terrorist banker who was who was like who financed uh hans's team or something like it's that that like lars nude bar is great but lars suggests like uh uh some some kind of like international
1: man of mystery to me you know yeah, I, I i like the lars uh part of it it's a great name though i mean it, it is instantly is it best name in baseball right now
2: it's up there um yeah, there's there was another one recently that someone sent me that I now can't remember that was like, oh man, there's some good names in baseball right now. There's some good like weirdo names. Uh, we should do it. We should, at some point, we should do a draft of best current baseball names.
1: Yeah, we should. We, we really, we, did. we should do that. We're not gonna do it for next week, but we should do it. Yeah. Like, like soon. All right. Uh, all right, I'll leave this. We'll do this last one here. There were a few uh, specific direct questions to you one of the questions was uh, whether it Kevin or or um, or uh, the uh, the other one who who actually named Cheddar in uh, Brooklyn oh. Nine Nine,
2: Kevin or Captain Holt? Kevin
1: Captain Holt actually named Cheddar in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Who do you think? You
2: know, I'm not sure. That would be a question for Dan Gore, who's been running that show since since sure. the beginning. But I don't know if that if there's canon on that. I'm not sure if there's a. <laughs> If there is an actual um, if there's an actual answer to that question, that's a really good question. I'll tell you what I will find out the answer. And I will report back to you. uh, Not next (laughs) week, but sometime the week after.
1: All right. Here's the final one. This is directly for you. Which character from the good place best represents the Mets? And then in parentheses, we know that Sean is the Yankees slash John Sterling.
2: Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Sean is the Yankees. Yeah. Head demon is the Yankees. Who best represents the Mets? Well, what, what would that mean? It would mean that the Met the Mets are like they sort of are they can't get out of their own way, right? Right? They they're sort of they're, they're every time you they're a one step forward, two steps back kind of an organization. Yes, right. Where where as soon as they whenever they do something right, it's only a matter of time until they do two things wrong. <laughs> Correct. So
1: plus they're unlucky.
2: They are a little unlucky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my temptation is to say Jason Mendoza because yeah. he is, um, you know, there are certainly moments where he does things that are that are uh, that are sort of good or smart, but then it's always undone by his own incompetence, right? Like his right. own bumblingness and, and, and stupidity that's probably the end. It's probably Jason. Like he, it's I mean, the he's closest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's from Jacksonville. And so my temptation would be to say that he's more like the, the Marlins or something.
1: Where, <laughs> well, where it's, well it's the complete... Jacks are so perfect for what he is. Cause yeah, like, there's something about like the Mets have at least a little bit of evil in them. And I don't think he has any evil in him. Good
2: point. Yeah. The Steve Cohen yeah. is Steve Cohen ba- does add uh, the element of like ban for life for malfeasance <laughs> from the, uh, by the sec. Yeah, that's true. Jason is really not evil at all. He's no, very, he's completely
1: very... the opposite of evil. That that part is, uh, although he does evil, has done evil things. So it's it's tough. All
2: right, the other possible answer would be Derek, because <laughs> Derek was invented, is like a weird offshoot. Like if Janet is the uh In this scenario, Janet would be the Yankees because right. she's like a, the universe has made her into this like perfect being that's <laughs> that's like that can't be defeated. uh And then there's like an offshoot of the Yankees, oh, which like is this. the Mets, that are like it's they're not they're not like they're not natural, like they shouldn't be there, you know, like <laughs> they're sort of a they're a, they're a, a malformed kind of like weird cousin of something that's much more famous and older and more perfect (laughs) and they're just a kind of agent of chaos in the universe (laughs) maybe maybe it's Derek I'm gonna say I like the Derek
1: answer better yes all
2: right let's go with Derek
1: I like it all right time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing
0: it's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless Talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast, whoa, it's one last whoa, meaningless thing.
1: Um. I'm going to start. I've actually, my, 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 meaningless thing this, this week is not, it's not exactly meaningless. I'm, I'm sorry to say, but it's a little piece of advice. Um, in, on the way to the, um, field of dreams, I actually had to go through Washington, uh, and come back through Washington DC. And we were on the plane uh, going into Washington DC and there was a businessman sitting next to my wife. And he said, um, to her, uh, We're really taking a chance here because you should never, ever, ever fly into Washington in the afternoon in August because of the weather. You should never, ever fly into Washington in the afternoon in August. And Hmm. we're like, oh, okay, well, I'd never heard that before. And sure enough, our flight was delayed nine hours uh, because of weather. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) The flight was delayed nine hours because of weather. So we're like, okay, well, that's that's pretty good to know. On the way back, we were also scheduled to fly out of Washington in the afternoon at five thirty, and uh, we we got to the airport super early and uh, said, hey, we'd like to you know stand by for an earlier flight, and they were like, yeah, okay. And we ended up getting on the one thirty flight and getting out of Washington and getting home, and it was great. And then the five thirty flight that we were originally on. Was delayed nine hours and canceled. So, <laughs> so, I I don't know if this will affect you, but if you are somebody who this affects, I'm giving you this is my this is my meaningful advice: don't fly in or out of Washington in the afternoon in August.
2: There it's you go. like a it's like um,
1: it's a life hack.
2: It's like in The Princess Bride when he says the most famous is never get involved <laughs> in a land war wo- or in Asia.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like only slightly less. Get
2: only slight. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, don't fly in or out of Washington in, in the afternoon in August. I like That's it. Right. Um, my meaningless thing is that I, I have a favorite T-shirt. Uh, it's actually a Parks and Recreation T-shirt. It's a gray T-shirt with sort of a blue... I don't know what you call it. Not piping, but the blue, a blue collar and then blue ridge, dark blue ridge around the end of each um, sleeve. And it's been my favorite T-shirt for my whole life. And I wore it uh, recently... And as I was taking it off, I noticed that around the um, around the neckline and uh, and in a couple other places, it has finally like striated oh, no. and is and is and is it's basically dead. It's like dead. I, I I basically shouldn't wear it anymore as an adult on earth <laughs> who can afford to buy a new t shirt. I shouldn't no. be wearing this one anymore. It's just too far gone. Right, and it's it's not quite um, at the level of you know, like you're a pet dying right. or something emotionally, but it's not far from it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like I had a, a, a real palpable sadness that that shirt is now gone. Like your favorite, when your favorite t-shirt kicks the bucket, it's, it's deeply sad. It is. It really is. Like, I really feel like a loss in the, and, and it's like, it's I can't get a new one. Like they, they don't, they're not making new Parks and Rec t-shirts <laughs> anymore to the best of my knowledge i mean you can obviously you can go on like etsy or something sure sure but but like this is the one i wore this is like a thing that i think we gave away as a crew gift at the end of like season two or three i mean it's it's old it's probably 12 years old and uh and it just really bums me out and like i i i and the other thing is i don't want a new one you know i want that one i want it and and it's not like a leather jacket or something that you can repair. It's right. a t-shirt. It's a, it, it's a $12 t-shirt that, doesn't, that just doesn't function anymore as a yes. legitimate article of clothing. And it's a real bummer. And I'm sad about it. And I would appreciate if everyone just gave me some space.
1: No, I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I'm sad for you. I feel, I feel the deep sadness uh, about this. Why is it, by the way, that t-shirt, certain t-shirts that are exactly the same size somewhere great and somewhere terribly i don't know it makes it's no a, sense it's, it's a mystery thousand. it's like yeah. there's
2: some there's some little tiny subtle thing about the length of the stitching or the or the the fit or the width or the shoulders or something yeah, but something. like <laughs> when you find one that oh. is great it yeah. is it's a it feels like a like a minor miracle
1: i you know? i had a t-shirt i'm not going to say what it is but i had a t-shirt that at some point Like it had, it had some writing on it that I thought was cool when I bought it at some point, the writing on it no longer made sense. It was like, it was stupid and it was not cool anymore, but the t-shirt was so comfortable. It was such a perfect t-shirt that I wore it anyway. And, and even though that at no point did anybody even understand what it was anymore. So, yeah, so it goes, so it goes. All right. Well, another successful podcast, we get through another one. (laughs) that's it you have nothing to say to that
2: no no i i agree it was another successful podcast
1: (laughs) we, we made it as always mike thank you
2: thanks for having me